This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You know, I don't understand this podcasting thing. How come you boys can't have those keg parties and chase the girls like all the other nice boys do? Y'all are nerds. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's cousin Diana, and Joe told me we're going to have an impressive guest today, but apparently he's just been a marketer for Ben and Jerry's. I'm sorry, but getting people to eat Ben and Jerry's, not that hard. We'll see what he has to say anyway, as we welcome ice cream man and author of the soulful art of persuasion, Jason Harris. Plus, we have a woman nearly single-handedly making his job even easier, his best customer, Paulette Perhatch. Then we welcome the man whose ice cream gets more frozen the longer he holds it, OG. But that's not all. I'll freeze your brain with my trivia question later. And now a guy who puts the chunks of cash in the ice cream of your portfolio with a core of financial stability. It's Joe Salcihai. Hey there, stackers. And thank you, Diana, for the great introduction. I am Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. It is Friday and we're super happy to talk about marketing yourself today. And we do have a very special guest, but first of all, let's talk to the gentleman across the card table from me, Mr. OG. How are you, brother? Cold and icy. It is. And for North Texas, what the hell's going on here? Particularly cold and icy. I have to wait all the way till next Wednesday to golf. You do? That is... Ridiculous. Have to wait four days. Winter sucks this week. It does suck. And before we meet our guest of honor, let's say hello to Paulette Perhatch. Paulette, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk about marketing where I feel like I have something I can contribute. (laughs) Well, you contribute. You bring it every week, sister. Come on. Tell us where have your pieces appeared lately? I have been having a really great run of pieces in the New York Times. I've been in the New York Times like 10 times since 2016, and I've gotten four assignments from them already this year, which is bananas. That's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Do they pay well? Are, are they like 14 cents a word, 16 cents a word? The dollar a word at the New York Times. 
And I had a story published that I worked on. It took me like a year and four other rejections oh my to, God. Uh, to get it done. So I'm really excited about it, about a bride with a prosthetic made by an artist that just who had a, an incredible story. So really just the, all the feels and, um, and just a good, good week to be a writer. But yeah, it turns out it's a lot of work to write for the New York times too. You don't think about that, but you're like, you get the assignment and you're like, Oh, this is really shock. hard. It's very high standard. Absolute, <laughs> absolute shock to hear that. Let's say hello also to the hostess with the mostest. Diana Miriam joins us as you guys heard earlier. How's the economy conference coming along? I heard we're going to have a packed house in Cincinnati. Oh yeah, it's happening. It's happening. We've got it coming up here in a month and a half. Kind of freaking out, <laughs> but it Eddie. is all coming together. And I know we're going to be partying together, Joe. We will. Uh, be. We've got some fun stuff planned for the audience. So yeah, it's going to be I great. Can't wait. Are there tickets left? Yes, there are a few tickets left. So you can grab your ticket at economyconference.com. And remember that economy is that M E at the end rather than an M Y because I'm a huge fan of misspelled words. You are. Well, it is the economy of me. Yeah. Economy of me. Yes. Absolutely. And a guy who runs a marketing agency that not only has worked with Ben and Jerry's, but works with many of the, man, the big companies you've heard of. Jason Harris back on the show. It's so good to have you back, man. How are you? Hey, it's great to be back. And also mechanism is misspelled. It's with a K, not a C-H, because that was taken. When we went to, to get it, uh, mechanism.com, my partners and I, instead of arguing for another name, we just changed the spelling because it was easier. And it's easier to trademark too. It is. It is indeed. Yeah. So yeah, I'm here. Great to be here. Uh, I did have a question for Paulette, if I can. Yes. Do you try to write run-on sentences so you get paid more? <laughs> Does that happen at the New York Times or no? I will tell you when you're paying me a dollar a word and they're like, just like 1200 to 1500 I'm like, you're getting... Fourteen ninety nine. Fifteen oh one. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Very loquacious. Just the general length. I definitely go as high as I can. <laughs> Jason, not not only bag let's talk to you about you for a second for our stackers that might have missed when you were on the show earlier or missed when you hung out with me on our Money with Friends show. You not only have the awesome book, The Soul for Art of Persuasion, which I absolutely loved, and we st st I still recommend and hand it out to friends. You're Thanks, now Joe. in the podcasting business? I did. I started a podcast uh, last summer. Awesome. So tell us about the podcast. Uh, the podcast is called Soul and Science, and we talk to the world's leading marketers, primarily founders, CEOs, and CMOs about how they view marketing and how they built their brands. And... Uh, we keep it tight. It's like a 25-minute podcast, and that's really targeting the advertising marketing community. But I was looking at your guest lineup. Go Walk us through some of these names, because you've got some impressive names that have been on the show. Yeah, we have um, CMO of Shake Shack. You guys know uh, Ryan Serhant from, you yes. watch that show? Sure. Yeah. Million Dollar Listing. So talked about how he built his business. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of great shows. Paulette, by the way, Jason, Paulette is friends, good friends with one of uh, Ryan's co-hosts. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I got to meet Ryan when I went up to New York. Yeah, it was really funny. He, he's great. No, guy. he wasn't there, actually. Yeah. Um, he, all the rest of the cast was on uh, Watch What Happens Live. So, yeah, I work with uh, Kristen or Kristen Jordan. I still say Kristen. Oh, fun. Kristen Jordan from the show. 
But you, but I'm assuming you can get the podcast wherever podcasts are, wherever they're listening to us now. I, I bet, Jason. Uh, you can, yeah. Anywhere. Absolutely. We're going to talk today about marketing yourself, since we've got the marketing guru behind Mechanism with us today. Plus, we have Diana, who's had to market herself in the Economy Conference. OG, who had to market himself when founding a financial planning business. Paulette, who's had to market herself every time she looks for a new job. So, man, we got the power group here with us today. But, Jason, you know what we got to do before that? What's that? This. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. For a guy that works with advertisers, isn't that the most important thing on the show? Advertising? I mean, yeah, if you want to, you know, we don't have any ads on, on my, we're an ad-free network on my podcast. Oh, flex. Uh, what a flex. But, you know, because we're, all, <laughs> we're talking about marketing and advertising. You can't have ads on that, you know? It's like, it's too much, too much about advertising. We would have a show for about 15 minutes if we didn't have the team behind us. So we, we need to keep the thing rolling. But we've got Jason here, OG, Diana Paulette. Let's get moving. Our piece today comes to us from The Ascent, and this is really a piece for business people. But you know what? I think it's not for business people. Even when I read this, I thought, man, we all got to be marketing ourselves. OG, let's start with you, man. If somebody's out there listening to this, certainly if they own a business, that they're in business for themselves in a small business, they know how important it is to market yourself. But our average nine to five listener, why do they need marketing? 
I mean, everything really revolves around it, right? Whether it's promotions or the coveted uh, new contract that you want to be a part of or something like that, you know, you, you need to let everybody know what your skills are and, and uh, that you're interested in kind of growing. I think a lot of people get really comfortable being kind of where they are and assume that the people around them are similar. And if that's not where you ultimately want to be, if you want to do something better or kind of move up, you kind of have to be your own advocate. Jason, I hear what OG's saying and I like that, but you know, a lot of people think, well, I don't want to be a self-aggrandizer, right? Like where's that line between I'm doing good marketing of myself and I'm just a blowhard out with the peacock feathers showing off in front of everybody. Yeah. Unfortunately, you got a peacock today. In today's world, you've got to really have a clear message, talk about yourself and get yourself out there. And you could do that a myriad of ways. But for me, you know, when I think about marketing, whether it's brand or marketing your personal brand, it's all about differentiating yourself. Number one, you got to be unique. You got to have a point of view and, and something that you're talking about that is yours and yours alone. And you have to uh, create value. So if you add the value piece, it's less just about peacocking. It's also about informing, discussing, you know, creating a community. So I think when you add the value piece to differentiation, you're doing more than just flexing. You're actually adding value to people. And that's the important component. Would you say that's better marketing anyway, Jason? Oh, yeah, definitely. You have to do that. Yeah, Paulette, uh, assuming you agree with Jason on choose a niche, know your stuff. Talk to me about that, like finding that niche, because writer, writer's pretty wide, right? I mean, how do mm -hmm. you niche that down further? I do struggle. And I mean, I just having launched my powerhouse writers program, I had to do all the Instagram reels. I was in this world a lot. And when it, when it was like, okay, day one, now I can't accept any more students. I was like, okay, gosh, thank goodness. I don't have to do that anymore. So I was, I do both agree and also struggle a little bit with putting myself out there so much. So the niche that I have, I have a few different ones and having ADHD, I certainly have a really hard time deciding. So it's difficult for me. So this is not my expertise. I know mentally that it is the best idea. But as far as serving writers, I decided my niche was I want to make writing easier and more fun for writers. And I love those two adjectives as my North Star for what I do when I'm serving other writers and helping other writers. So every time you get on social media, then you're thinking those two things easier and more fun? Yeah. Like this morning, I got on a reel I wanted to make and my shirt was like, inappropriate because it was like an, one of my artist shirts. And I was like, well, this is like artist Paulette. And I'm like a goofball and that's just who I am. And some people might be like, that's kind of an inappropriate shirt for a reporter to be wearing. And I'm like, well, I'm just a person who writes, you know? So I think one of the biggest things for me is being able to turn off the people who are not into who I am in order to be able to really appeal to the people who are all about who I am. So, so just finding the yes people, Jason. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I think you described what I was talking about perfectly because it's not differentiated to be a writer, right? And you want to be mm -hmm. able to take on, you don't want to be so niche as a writer that you're only thought of for a certain amount of stories, right? You want to be able to mm -hmm. write anything. You don't want to be like just a whatever, uh, prosthetic arm writer because that would be very limited, right? You would have very few stories to write about uh, or just a sports writer or, or whatever. You mm -hmm. want to be able to cover a lot of issues. But you're adding value because you're helping other writers. That is the piece that is different and add and creating value for your audience. And that's a good example of, of creating your platform. And I think to your point about 
worrying about your core audience and not trying to be so ubiquitous. We're seeing that in Super Bowl advertising now with, you know, the whole fake M&M controversy where I don't know if you guys have been following that. Is that, that a fake th- is that a fake controversy, yeah, Jason? It's, de- it's definitely fake. Well, Tucker Carlson's not fake. He's talking about how even, you know, the woke le- liberal mob is ruining M&Ms by, you know, their M&Ms trying to be more inclusive, creating all these characters. One's about mental health. The, you know, there's female empowerment characters. So they've created these spokes candies and Tucker Carlson's on a rant about them. And so M&Ms came out pre-Super Bowl and said, uh, Maya Rudolph's now our, now our spokesperson because we don't want to be caught up in the controversy of the spokes candies. That's saying what we're going to see when they reveal their ad, I'm sure it's going to be all about inclusivity and they're leaning into their, that audience and they might alienate the right. But they're doing that because they're talking to their core and they're living their values and they're trying to differentiate, even though that's not about we're going to, you know, not stoke the controversy because we want to be for everyone and not piss anyone off. I think that's an example, just like what you're saying about focusing on your core and brands do the same thing. They'd rather double down their core than try to be for everyone. You can almost then, Jason, I would think. Think about what some of your perceived weaknesses are that people see. Well, you know, Diana's this or OG is this. And it sounds like Eminem's just, you know, Tucker Carlson goes off and they're like, yeah, let's see if we can make money off of all this free advertising that he's given us. That's exactly right. That's the game now. The game is earned impressions and trying to get in the news cycle because that's a lot better than just spending crazy amounts of media dollars, especially in a potential economic downturn. It's really about that earned media. So they saw that as a good opportunity. I want to dive into a different piece of this, which is this article goes into what if you don't know enough, right? What if you don't feel like you're you're strong enough? So it says, find an hour a day to read up on market research articles, find clients to talk to and to dive in, uh, really begin becoming the expert and share what you're learning as you go. I'm thinking, Diana, about a couple of years ago when you really dove in from being somebody that followed personal finance stuff, right, to being a creator and somebody who's now marketed as, well, she runs a big conference. She must be somebody that knows everything about personal finance. Did you have to fight off any imposter syndrome while you were marketing yourself and marketing economy? Oh, 100%. And I, I don't even really refer to myself as like an expert. A lot of people in this space, like I'm a personal finance expert. I call myself a personal finance enthusiast because even on my podcast, there are things that I am learning right alongside them. And I think as a creator, it can make your content a little bit more accessible when, you know, you don't want to intimidate your audience. Like, Hey, I know everything and you're, I'm just going to, you know, sit up here on my high horse and tell you how it is. Like I really am learning alongside my audience in many ways. And I think that makes it more appealing. I wanted to say when I was like doubling down, like, okay, I'm going to start to do some videos and oh, like so uncomfortable with it. And how can I address this in a way? How can I do marketing with my own face in a way that is like self-approved? And to me, it was, I'm just going to talk about things that I love and together we can love this thing, right? Like if you, I love that word enthusiast because it's like, I love talking about personal finance. Do you like, let's dive in together. Right. And it's not this, it's not putting one person above another person. And I love being like, Oh, I learned this today. Like come along with me as I enjoy this aspect of life that you also enjoy. Yeah. 
especially when we're talking about money, so many people are intimidated. Like I remember when I was financially illiterate, I didn't think I could start investing until I knew everything. And so I was kind of gun shy about it. And so I think kind of being transparent about that and showing that you don't need to know absolutely everything to be good with money. You need to have the basics down. I think that that really can encourage an audience to take steps improving their own finances. I think both what Diana and Paulette said is really true, which I think the article was incorrect on. Like a lot of the article was was right. But I think the become an expert is, you know, if you're trying to build a following in your brand, you should start with like, uh, yes, I'm an enthusiast, but I want to I want to become more knowledgeable. So I'm going to take you on my journey versus waiting until you're an expert to then put out content. I mean, you're, are you ever really an expert at anything? Aren't you always learning? Isn't the market always changing? Isn't it always developing? Like you're never really going to be an expert. If you come off as an expert, you're going to look like a blowhard D-bag, oh, I think. Jason, you know? Jason, Jason, you're not in the personal finance space. Oh, okay. There, there are clearly some experts. Just ask them. Just oh, okay. ask them. They will All tell right. you. The I, way I stand experts. corrected. I stand corrected. So Diana was talking about a high horse. I was just thinking about uh, the horse I have out back, and I was like, it's pretty high. <laughs> I, I like being on my high, high horse. We need a, do we need a rim shot there? We got a uh, – here we go. There it goes. A little oh, late, but, but yeah, we got it. You know, a lot of what we're talking about here is not having to be an expert about maybe being a little vulnerable about the fact that you're not. You recently, you know, I'm part of our show. You talked about your kid driving the car through the garage into your house. You've talked about how you've made money mistakes in the past. Like where, where is vulnerable too vulnerable? Like where do you draw the line? Mm, that's a good question. I, I think there's probably some some sort of limit in terms of did you make an error because you were trying to do your best and it just ended up being bad and you learned from it or are you kind of a buffoon and just and just made a mistake for the sake of like like you're too lazy to kind of investigate the right course of action you know we talk to people every week about their money and I can always tell when I'm talking to somebody individually when they're about to disclose something that maybe they're not super excited about, you know, like, Oh, I'm 40, but I just started saving and investing or I've got still student loan debt or something. Their voice like changes, you know, a little bit. My rule is always, I don't think that you're here to talk to me or to talk to somebody about like getting beat on the head for making a bad decision. We all know going into credit card debt is a bad idea, but we don't do it on purpose. We look back and go, yeah, that was probably pretty foolish. I probably could have taken a different course of action or I could have cut more or something like that. But you made as good a decision as you could with the information that you had at that time. And now I think the kind of next, you know, the advancement of that is thinking, okay, there is something better. I have to do this differently now moving forward. And that's the growing up part that we like to hear about in in stories is, you know, I did this thing that wasn't so great. I realized that I that that it wasn't so great. And now I'm taking the steps to kind of move in the in the right direction, even though I'm not, to all y'all's point, I, I may not know the exact path to be on, but I know that we got to turn left. You know, that's, I, I can't go this way anymore. I have to do this now and we're going to kind of learn it on the fly or learn it together. And that's kind of an exploration. Yeah. I always think that people make as good of decisions as they can along the way. And then in retrospect, we look back and go, Ooh, goodness, that was... <laughs> 
Yikes. Do you have any crypto stories? Uh, <laughs> we ju- <laughs> I mean, just I have somebody stories share of one on the show. Like, yeah. seriously, every single money decision, any any money bad thing that you could have done, I guarantee I've already done. Probably <laughs> twice. You know, and it's like, credit cards? Oh, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, it sucked. It would suck so bad that I did it again. And I was like, well, let me just check. Because being $20,000 in credit card debt was really crappy. But let me see what it's like to be 80000 in credit card debt. Yeah, that really sucks too. Oh, you know, wow. it's like, is it four times worse? No, not really. It's just worse. You know, it's like I bought a house that I shouldn't have. I bought cars that I shouldn't have. I have spent more money than I make. I, you know, save at weird, you know, the wrong percentages and done stupid trades on my in my investment account. Like all those things that you can imagine that people do with their, that their money, but but it's not because I'm sharing that, like, I'm not trying to do better, right? It's like, it's like, I, I'm, I'm trying to learn along the way. And I think that's what, that's, that's, that's what you guys are talking well, about. And, and definitely when we pivoted on this show from, you know, financial experts to people that can tell their story and tell more stories. I mean, that's really when our listenership took off. So you can tell what people are attracted to. They're much more attracted to the journey than they are being prescriptively told what to do. And don't get me wrong. We're going to try to tie those down and give people things. I remember, Paulette, when you joined our roundtable, the the huge number of emails we got from people talking about how great it was and how refreshing that you're so open about sharing your mistakes. Like, that was great. But my last question before we go to our, our, our Midway trivia goes to Jason. Jason, I'm sure with all the brands you've worked with, though, there's got to be a time when you told somebody, hey, maybe you're a little too vulnerable. Like, like maybe you are in that buffoon territory that OG's talking about. Have you ever had to pull back on the vulnerability from a brand and tell them to cool it down, maybe become more of an expert? Uh, you mean if a brand's putting work out there that is too too vulnerable, doesn't position yeah. them as an expert? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yes, definitely. Um, I- I'm trying to think of a particular time, but I think brands, I think there's a fine line, right? Like even when we're talking about our individual brands and taking people on the journey, you don't want to be a, someone's financial planner and say, hey, I'm not really an expert at this at all, <laughs> but I'd love to take your money. Or, you know, <laughs> Peloton's a brand we, we helped build over past six years. You know, we don't know anything about personal at-home fitness, but, you know, trust us you know, come along on our journey while we learn. Of well, course we you have out. to come out. We think you should pedal yeah. faster, maybe for sure buy one of these bikes and listen to some yeah, hip hop we'll, while you do a little bike ride. Our instructors ride. don't know anything, but they're going to figure it out with you. Like, obviously there's a fine line. All like but, out of shape dudes going, <laughs> yeah. I don't, dude, I can only do like 10 minutes on this. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe eat chicken and waffles halfway through. I don't know. <laughs> So I think, you know, you have to have a bar of obvious credentials for a brand or for your personal brand. But I think it isn't coming out saying we don't have anything to learn or there's not a new product we can invent that might solve a problem or there isn't, uh, you know, back to ice cream. We put out a flavor of ice cream. It didn't resonate. So we killed it like we learned from that. So I think there's brands and people are always learning. But yes, to market yourself, you have to have some level of knowledge, expertise to be credible for sure. But you're, you're still always learning. 
I think that's a great place. I don't know if that answered your question or not. (laughs) I think it was great. I think that's a great place to leave the first half of this discussion. In the second half, we're going to ask our team, when you're on social, what do you think some of the keys are if you're trying to get yourself out there? What's their best marketing advice? This piece also talks about speaking opportunities, finding others and helping them and being inclusive. We'll talk about those in the second half. But for those of you new to Stacking Benjamins, every episode we have a trivia contest on Mondays and Wednesdays. Those are for you to play along. But on Fridays, it is a fight to the death between, well, maybe not quite the death, but it's a big fight between our three weekly contributors, OG Paulette and Len Penzo uh, from LenPenzo.com. Uh, Jason, today you're playing on behalf of Len Penzo. So you're part of Team Penzo, which, by the way, Jason, is good news and bad news. Do you want to hear the good news first or the bad news? I like bad news first. Well, the bad news, my friend, is that you're going to have to guess first because Len is in first place, which is the good news. So even if you don't win this week, you've got a lead. Uh, Len, Team Len Jason, is up, has two wins so far early here in the year. OG's got one. And Paulette, who rocked the second half of last year, Paulette, you're still at zero. What the hell's going on? Not me. These questions are dumb. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I agree. Hold on. I agree with that statement. It's not it's, me. Oh, there we go. It's, it's all the questions because you two aren't winning. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, Diana, let's do the next dumb question that Joe wrote. <laughs> here, 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 here we go. Stackers, I'm Joe's mom's cousin Diana, and among many of the awesome brands Jason's company Mechanism has worked with over the years is Nordstrom, which I bring up only because Stacking Benjamins is kind of the Nordstrom of podcasts, and I'm sucking up to Jason in case he might be able to score me a discount. Nordstrom ain't cheap. The company, like many in America, has a great story behind it. John W. Nordstrom came to America from Norway in the late 1800s when he was just 16 years old. Here's the question. How much money did young John W. have to his name? I'll be back right after I go make room in my closet for something nice Jason's going to help me score. Jason, uh, I think Diana's hoping you still work with Nordstrom. You guys uh, done anything with them lately? Uh, No. We did do work with them for years, but yeah. I got to tell you, my favorite mechanism piece for Nordstrom was the guy who's in this, these beautiful clothes, but he's out in front of, I think it was a log cabin, Jason, and he's like chainsawing a log. And it's when you want to be a cool outdoorsman, but you're still civilized. I thought that was- That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Shop at Nordstrom. Just an awesome piece. Well, we're going to see how much research you did on your client there, Jason. So John W. came to America, late 1800s. How much money was in his pocket, my friend? It's not a multiple choice. It is not. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Len. You should have showed up today for work. (laughs) Um, I'd say $225. $225. OG, you go second. I'm going to say $4. Oh, Jesus, four. Why so little? I have no idea. It's like, that's a guess, bro. <laughs> all, the, all the mad reasoning behind our. No, nope, I'm just. Behind our, all right, Paulette, you got 225 on one side, $4 on the other. What are you going to do? 
I'm going to say five. I'm going to Google it. (laughs) You know, OG, I do not like these accusations of cheating. Very rude. (laughs) Well, that's a ridiculous answer. Can I change my answer? <laughs> no, no, you can't. I want to change it to six dollars. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's ask no, the committee. Jason. Let's ask. It's too the, late for you. Let's ask the committee. They said, uh, "Yeah, right. I, I think that's uh, no." But you learn for next time, Jason. So we would love to tell you who's right, but we don't play that way. We'll be right back. Well, if your weekend plan involves going to events that you don't know how you're going to afford them or doing a home improvement project and you haven't put together a plan and you don't have any cash available, well, it's time for you to become the CFO of your personal financial situation. You know, the holidays can take a toll on our finances and you can lock down things this weekend by partnering up with Navy Federal Credit Union As an example, to pay down your credit card debt, you could get a low intro APR on balance transfers that are platinum credit card. It's their lowest rate card and a great tool to pay less interest as you're putting down your plan to pay down your debt. If this weekend involves home improvements, Navy Federal can even help you get started on your next home improvement project. They offer a home equity line of credit with convenient access to funds when you need them at a variable rate. So you're not taking out a big loan all at once. You're only using the money you need. And after you've put together your strategy of how you're going to pay that off, you can get a fixed rate equity loan that has set monthly payments for large purchases. Consolidating debt with a home equity loan could also streamline and lower your monthly payments. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA, equal housing lending, membership required, loan subject to approval. Call 1-888-842-6328 for details about credit cost and terms. HELOC APR is low as 6.5% as of November 23rd, 2022. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Jason, you opened it up, uh, our guessing about John W. Nordstrom, late 1800s, how much money he brought with him from Norway. You said 225, and I think it took you about four minutes to regret that answer. Well, no, it took me four seconds. I instantly regretted it, actually. <laughs> but uh, then I was committed. So I thought, you know, a guy that cares about clothes, cares about fashion, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't show up with 4 or $5. He's got to have a little bit more than that. But then it's not a great story. So I'm not sure. Uh, I, I screwed it up, Len. Well, I never see it in any of the Nordstrom advertising and you guys passed over it. So maybe you're closer than you think. But, OG, you clearly think around Jason's reasoning when you went with four, it's a better story at four or three. You you even get two bucks. You get a quarter. I do. Yep. Paulette feeling confident at five? 
I'm feeling confident that if OG accuses me of cheating again without having any evidence, I'm going to crawl through this basement. Well, let's solve this once and for all. Who's right? Who's right this week, uh, Diana? Hey there, stackers. I'm infrequent Nordstrom shopper, but great customer service appreciator, Joe's mom's cousin, Diana. Nordstrom is known for high-end products, but also for excellent service. Among the many stories about the company, a woman once rolled a tire into a Nordstrom store and the sales associate famously only asked, what did you pay for it? And processed the return, even though Nordstrom has never sold tires. But today we're talking about the founder, immigrant John W. Nordstrom. How much money did he have to his name when he arrived in America at age 16? Young John, or Johnny, as I'm sure everyone called him, took his money and moved to Alaska in 1897 during the gold rush, turning his money into $13,000, a huge sum back then, which was the money he used to co-found his first shoe store. But how much money did he turn into $13,000? Five bucks. And that means Paulette is our winner. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking turn of events, huh? Who would have thunk it? Wow. This is not this is not trivia like pro wrestling. Paulette, did you have any idea it was five bucks? I did not. I just chose one more than OG to piss him off. So she fun. Googled it. Yes. And there it is. Why didn't you and Google it? it is. And apparently he fell right into the trap too. Congratulations. Start. Apparently Thanks. that's how you win these things. From Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Big win. Uh, I just want to say that I did look it up and he, he had $5 in cash, but $220 in bonds. <laughs> in IOUs. <laughs> he did have some bonds that he came over with. And so I, I don't know. I, I, I think I uh, should get a half a point maybe. Jason, we're sending you a participation trophy. We're going to send you the participation trophy. Please leave that it. You I don't want put it. On the I don't wall. deserve it. I don't deserve it. <laughs> All right. Time for the second half of this show of our discussion about marketing yourself. The second half is brought to you by Magnify Money. Mr. Harris, you know what happens when you go to stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money? Your money grows. It's amazing. It is so amazing because what you find out is those brick and mortar banks that everybody shops at, not even close to some of the great products they have at online banks and over 92% of them are compared at magnifiedmoney.com whether it's high yield savings accounts checking accounts CDs all kinds of savings instruments stackingbenjamins.com slash magnifiedmoney first place to check and with interest rates going up why wouldn't you check compare ditch switch and save all right we are on to the second half of this Let's start off with something here that they talk about. They really make a big deal, Jason, about being inclusive. And your book, I think, The Sulfa Art of Persuasion, really exudes this point all the way through this. Talk about inclusion when you're becoming an expert in marketing yourself. About inclusion, well, I think you've, you, know, you have to be as inclusive as you possibly can. When I think about marketing or, or your personal brand or whenever we're pitching a client and we're all pitching all day long, whatever we do, right? You're pitching advertisers maybe for your podcast. Paulette's pitching story ideas. It's all about wherever it turns, wherever that pitch goes, always try to think about it as expanding your network and that you've made a contact. You've invested in someone's time. You've made a relationship. And that is really where you're growing your value is it's about your your network. And it's not about 
turning your back on a prospect. It's about figuring out a way to be inclusive and work on how to bring that prospect uh, into your network in some form or fashion. Not necessarily for a, a sale or for a lead, but trying to keep them in your orbit. But I've seen some people, Jason, do really, really well, really well with this us versus them thing, kind of the opposite of inclusivity, right? Or maybe it's, maybe it is. We've got our people that understand what we're doing, but then there's them, right? There's the group of, of them that don't understand it. And we've got this exclusive club because we're the people that get it. Doesn't feel really inclusive, but man, I've seen several people use that to their advantage. Is that more dangerous? Or just not as fun? No, I think it's not necessarily dangerous. I think it's short-term transactional thinking. The way to build long-term value is, is being a collaborator and seeking out collaborations and finding value and joining forces with people from different areas of expertise and diverse backgrounds and being more inclusive. That will help you in the long run, but certainly the us versus them can help you in the short term by talking about how you're better and someone's terrible. And people do it all the time in the work world. There's politics left and right, and people can move up by doing that and pointing out other people's deficiencies, but they get found out it's it's only short-term. Paulette, when it comes to your best marketing advice, what would you say your best piece of advice would be? It's very similar to finding your voice as a writer, where I think you start by impersonating someone else and seeing what someone else does and trying to hone it toward more and more toward what makes you special and not being afraid to be different and be weird because you're going to find your fellow weirdos. Or if you're like, no, I'm very just like, you know, I'm like, whatever makes you unique or distinct. And it doesn't have to be that you're like a total goofball. It could be that you're just like, I really love Excel. And it's like for the, my fellow Excel nerds, right? Just that one very small thing that makes you different and just doubling down on that and not being afraid to show that and show your struggles. Like I have a lot of strengths around writing and marketing. I have struggles with personal finance and ADHD and overspending. I think that people are attracted to like actual humanity and not pretending to be perfect. Oh, gee, for you, best advice, best marketing advice? Kind of like what Paulette said, because she took all the cool topics. I like the be yourself component of it because, you know, who is that? Uh, Oscar Wilde or somebody said, like, it be yourself because everybody Wilde. else is taken. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, be yourself, everybody else is taken. Yeah. I mean, Paulette, you, you really did nail it on the head. Like, you start out by trying to, like, emulate other people that you like or, like, you want to model after. And then you just have to kind of sort of mold it into really who you are and, your message of your own authenticity, I think, really will bring out the best in like kind of who it is that you're trying to attract, what whatever that may be, and like kind of who you are like as a person. So I'm just gonna steal what she said and just restate it in another I, I think I think Diana, <laughs> that that whole game though, Diana, starts with if you are going to model yourself, which I agree with, I remember early when we created this podcast, you know, Austin Cleon, the the writer says, steal like an artist, right? Take the stuff, riff on it, pay homage to it, make it your own. Don't plagiarize. But it seems like you really start off with these brands and these people you respect and you try to take from there. I bet you, you must have done that with economy, I would think. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just think there's so many different tactics and strategies from a marketing perspective on things that you could do. I mean, it's seemingly endless. I think the way to make it sustainable is to 
try to figure out like what you actually enjoy doing so that it is authentic and your voice is getting out there and and it's sustainable over time. So I I think about like for me, I've always struggled with social media. It's like yelling into the wind, right? And I personally don't enjoy interacting with people through a screen on social media, through comments and all of that and chasing engagement and impressions and all of that kind of stuff. But what I really enjoy is getting on podcasts. So I've done over a hundred podcast interviews and that's really where people learn about economy. And the format is so much a better fit for my business because I really get to explain to people why economy is beneficial, who it appeals to, why you would want to come to this event. Whereas in a you know two second thing you see on social, you don't get that full context and benefit. So I think it really is finding like the strategies that you can actually enjoy doing so that you'll do it for the long term. But it's so hard. It's so hard because I feel like, you know, the only quote community, and I don't know how much the community there is anymore in social media is in social media. You feel like Jason, people spend, you know, all these studies, people spend less time in local groups. They don't go to local functions. They spend their time on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, on all these different places do you have to play that game now? Like when you're coaching a brand or a person, do, do, do people kind of forced onto social? Yeah, there's no no option. <laughs> You've got to be on social media. I mean, personal brand and brand brand. You've got to be on social media. It's, that's where the action is. You're you know what everybody just thought when you said that, Jason? Everybody went, oh, f- Why? No, because I hate it. Well... Then you can build a community on a different, this is your platform. So, but you still have to create assets and market it, right? And you're marketing that on social, even if you hate it. It's necessary evil. You got to do it. It's just where, just where the game is. But I I think what everyone, what everyone said though, I think is the best advice. And, And you can pick your social platform. Maybe you like LinkedIn and you don't, you're not down with TikTok, right? Or, Twitter is where you're going to promote, you know, build your audience or your community for your brand. You don't have to be on every platform, but you got to pick what speaks to you and the way that you like to communicate. But I think, you know, OG and Paulette said it really well about you have to be an original. That is the number one piece of advice, which we started the conversation with about being, you know, differentiated and you can become an original by drawing inspiration from, from role models and people that you want to emulate. But then you have to take it a level deeper. Why do they speak to you? What is it about your core values that resonates with the people that you are following or your role models? And you got to write down your core values. Brands have to do it and people have to do it. And match those core values to how you're communicating out in the world about your personal brand. It's really important. And that's how you're going to get to you know have a unique point of view. It's funny. When I was working in the corporate world, when I'm uh, working at uh, charitable functions around town, and even when I'm working online, you can just see the people that have done that, Jason, people that are living those core values. Like it exudes everything they say is like this arrow. It, they really, really exude it. Yeah. And that's how you, that's how over time you build that brand and people know what to expect. And we, we do that with the brands that we work with. They've got to know what their core values are. And there's a study, I think it was like, a company called Kantar that did a study that's, you know, 68% or 70% of consumers expect brands to live, stand for something and then live those values. So they're expecting it from brands. They definitely expect it from people. 
I think that's a great place to end this discussion. Let's find out what's going on where all you guys are at. We'll have our guest of honor go last. A big plans this weekend, OG? Going to watch the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, I'll probably watch it. Have a little something. But more importantly, take Monday off. We need to impress upon people that the Monday after the Super Bowl is an off day. So if we all don't show up, then eventually it will turn into a holiday. Is that because of your love of Woodford? No, I don't drink that anymore. No, you're done. Jason, yep. do you uh, do you you guys represent Woodford? Maybe maybe you can help OG get back in. No, we do represent Jose Cuervo. If you're interested, in oh, tequila. there yeah. you go, OG. There's a Super Bowl party can, right there. I can send you some tequila if you're interested. Send it to Joe. He can have it on my behalf. <laughs> oh, all right. Paulette wants it. Her hands up. She can have mine. Paulette, what's happening? Uh, what do you got going on? So I'm talking about like content marketing. I'm doing a karaoke party at a writer's conference of parody songs about being a writer. So I've been sitting around writing parody songs for the last week. And oh, it's probably the biggest event I've ever put on. And I'm, I'm like nervous and, and scared and excited. So it's the AWP conference for writers. So just prepping for that and writing the songs. And it's been a total blast. Jason's all about Bowie and about uh, Van Halen, right? No, not Van Halen. You like Van no? Halen. I mean, <laughs> I, like I like Van Halen, but Bo- uh, Bowie, Bowie is, uh, yeah, Bowie's my guy. Yeah, Bowie's all over the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Diana, Economy, give us the dates again and where they can find tickets. Yeah, so it's March 17th through 19th at the University of Cincinnati, and tickets are on sale at economyconference.com. Awesome. And I hope to see a lot of our stackers there. Jason, thanks so much for joining us, man. It's always fun when, when, when we get together. No, you don't care what my weekend plans are? What happened? I, I, I'm going to ask you next. Oh, all he's, right. He's, he's like, beat me. But Jason, what are your weekend plans? <laughs> oh, I'm going to a writer's conference to do some karaoke, actually. <laughs> you should be so lucky. I love karaoke. I really do love karaoke. I throw a Super Bowl party. Every Super Bowl, because I'm an ad nerd, and I get like 25 people to my apartment and figure out reactions to Super Bowl ads and what people you take like. your own USA. You got like your own mini USA Today poll. I mean, it is for our for my business. It is the Super Bowl. Is the sure. Super Bowl? You know what I mean? Like the Super Bowl of writing conferences, or the Super Bowl of financial conferences. This is my Super Bowl. Is that the actual Super Bowl? <laughs> Do you spend any time watching the game, or is that when you go out and go to the bathroom, get more <laughs> Jose Cuervo? Yeah, no, I, I like to watch the game, but I'm really watching the ads because I'm a nerd. I'm an ad nerd. I can't help it. Well, tell us what's coming up on the podcast. Uh, well, I just interviewed a neuroscientist that can predict the success of advertising by studying people's reactions with a headset that he developed. So he does consumer testing. He can tell if you need to change the ad based on this like very forward-thinking neuroscience technique. That's been So I just interviewed that guy. It's crazy, right? Have you read Brandwashed? Yes, I have read, oh, read that. Yeah. That book. Uh, so good. Uh, so just just interviewed him and I interviewed the CMO of the or the managing director of the Forbes CMO network who is really fighting for uh, CMOs to basically have more relevance in the C-suite. So that was kind of interesting. Oh, cool. You know, it's, all, it's all nerdy stuff. And that's it. Soul in Science, wherever finer podcasts are distributed. 
All right, that's going to do it for us today, everybody. Diana, I think you got it from here. What should we have learned? So what should we have learned today? First, take some advice from our panel. Don't be afraid to market yourself. Fight the fear and be your best advocate. Second, remember that differentiation and authenticity are the best ways to build your brand when it comes to marketing. But the big lesson? You want to persuade me to eat Ben and Jerry's? Make it an airplane, okay? Joe's mom never does that anymore. Thanks to Jason Harris for joining us today. His book, The Soulful, the Soulful Art of Persuasion. See, I can't say it either, Joe is available at Ben and Jerry's near you. We'll also include links to our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Also, thanks to OG for joining us today. Looking for good financial planning help? Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG for his calendar. And when I'm not stacking Benjamins, I produce a party about money called the Economy Conference. Come hang out with me and Joe this March in Cincinnati. Tickets are available at economyconference.com. This show is the property of SB Podcast LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Saul Sihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. You can hire Paulette as your very own writing coach. With her program, Your Personal Editor, you get 10 sessions one-on-one with Paulette to add power to your words. More information at yourpersonaleditor.com. Kevin Bailey helped us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. And once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother of our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with the other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's cousin Diana, and we'll see you next time back here on The Stacking Benjamin Show. Jason, I'm with you. My favorite part of the Super Bowl is the ads. You guys, you guys remember this financial ad?
Oh, this is tragic, man. Investors just like you could lose tens of thousands of dollars on their 401k to hidden fees. Thankfully, E-Trade has low-cost investments and no hidden fees. But, you know, if you're still bent on blowing this fat stack of cash, there's a couple ways you could do it. And then it goes on. And by the way, it sounds like a straightforward commercial, but what you're not seeing is that's the E-Trade baby. You guys remember the E-Trade baby? So he's got a stash. He's sitting in his crib. He's got a stash of cash. And then it goes in. The rest of the commercial is him uh, showing him playing polo, like barely on the horse. Him, him like in a pool with all kinds of people around him partying in the pool and the baby all over the place. I also like their uh, money coming out as wazoo. You guys remember that one? The, the, like the guy comes into the emergency room. What's wrong with him? He's got money coming out of his wazoo. Yeah, pretty good. I'm wondering what you guys, what your favorite uh, Super Bowl commercials of all time might be. All time? Yeah, all time's pretty hard. I, I would say generally the Doritos ones are usually pretty good. They usually have some decent ones lately. And then Budweiser has their iconic ones. They usually have something, something that's kind of all in the feels, you know? This is the first year that they're letting Anheuser-Busch usually... They had this, I don't know, multi-year rights where they were the only alcohol that could be in the Super Bowl, and that is up this year. Wow. Oh, wow. There's going to be a lot lot more alcohol brands in the Super Bowl. So that's kind of new. Crypto, remember last year was like the Crypto Bowl? Right. There, right. I don't think there's any crypto ads now this year. Wow, that's a shock. So that's amazing how it's changed. Anyway, no one asked for that information, but- my favorite Super Bowl ad of, of all time is the Volkswagen Darth Vader ad. You guys remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. That was just a couple of years ago. It was 2011. Was it really? To shut it up. Was. It was. Was it yeah. really? Yeah. Because I remember they did like a whole pre-campaign around that too before the actual commercial, right? Is that the they one we're did, thinking yeah. of? Yeah. That's the one with a kid and his dad's clicking and he thinks he's turning it on. He's it's Darth Vader. The lights. Remember that? Anyone? No? Yes. Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? Yeah. Anyways, that's my favorite ad. I just pulled up one of the Doritos ads. Let's see if we can uh, listen to this. Hey, man. What's that? It's my crystal ball. It looks like a snow globe. Nah, it's real. Here, watch. Free Doritos at the office today? I think that's a yes. As he throws the snow globe through the vending machine, that's what the crash was. And free Doritos for everybody. I'm sure, OG, that's one you were thinking of. I like those Southwest commercials with the uh, dude in the end zone. Uh, The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl this year. Remember the one where the guy gets done and he's like, who are the chefs? And he's just finished with the end zone and put the chefs instead of the Chiefs. Forgot Forgot the eye. And then Southwest goes, want to get away? Which maybe Southwest needs a good commercial. That was a Snickers, think, that was a sm- wait, Snickers commercial. Wait, doesn't he say great googly moogly? Yes. That was a <laughs> you Snickers You can't leave commercial. that out. No, that was, was want to get away. That was a want to get away commercial, OG. It's a Snickers commercial. Jason? Snickers was the Betty White one, right? Jason? Yeah, Snickers was uh, you're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. You're hungry. And that was, yeah, yeah, great that was googly funny. moogly. That's the Betty White. That's Betty White, yeah. Oogly moogly. Diana, favorite Super Bowl commercial? I wasn't sure if these commercials like originated at Super Bowl, but I just looked it up and they did. I've always liked the Old Spice. 
Oh yeah. Well, when yeah, they, they were just great. so funny and like kind of off the wall and yeah, Old Spice really made a, a comeback with those commercials. What happened to those, Jason? Why did those go away? Just ran out of ideas? They're still pumping out those Old Spice strange ads. I don't know if they're going to be on the Super Bowl, though. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see. I forgot to ask somebody. Paulette, what's your favorite Super Bowl moment? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, So this came out in 1999 when I was in high school. So I was you know, still into potty humor. Luckily, I've long gotten over that now. Way over that now. But it was the Bud Light one where the two guys had to choose between buying beer and buying a roll of toilet paper at checkout. And they chose the beer over the toilet paper and then asked for like a paper bag. And then I remember the like the last moment, they're like, do you want your receipt? And just the way the guy was like, out of desperation. And it was just this great comedy moment where like, you give someone like one premise and something else and let the audience kind of make the connection. And I thought it was so funny. It just cracked me up. I don't even remember that one. It's called Bud Light Paper or Plastic 1999. Oh, I got it. Hold on. Then I have it right here. Sorry. Two guys in line. They have no, they have no money. Their card was rejected. They don't have enough money. No. They hand her money again. Still not enough. Just toilet paper, Bud Light left. For the great taste that will fill you up and never let you down. Paper or plastic? Paper. Make it a Bud Light. Guys, need a receipt? And of course they grab the receipt quickly. Have you made a Super Bowl ad, Jason? Uh, We've made plenty. We've had Super Bowl ads at the top of the USA Today ad meter and the bottom. We had one ad that was the last ad. And we've had like three that were in the top ten. So I've, I've experienced the highs and lows of Super Bowl metering. You must be online at like 5 a.m. looking for the metrics, or do you get them immediately? No, they come out like the day after, but people are voting. That's the way it works. And then what people are saying on Twitter, you're like really perseverating over the entire night. Because you don't really know, you know, you do research and focus groups and then when it launches, that's really when it happens. But yeah, we've done ads for Pepsi that were, you know, highly rated and we've done, we did one video game ad that was, that came in last. And I, I don't think I went to work for like three days. Oh my God. After that. that. Would, oh, yeah. That'd be so horrible. That's the best way to lose a client. Yeah, J- Jason is either a little Jose Corvo night or a lot of Jose Corvo night. <laughs> yeah, either based way, on what they're know, saying. You're, <laughs> you're, it's saying either joy or despair. How much, yeah. how much are we having? Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like 
Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.